Joe. 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 Dude, what is it, Deep Voice? I'm uh, trying to, you know, not wake up right now. Trying to stay in bed. There were dogs chirping in the background. Um, I figured you'd want to get up and do your podcast. Do you know what time I went to bed this morning? It was like nine. Because, you know, I'm up all night doing crap at work. You know, third shift. Right, right, right. I getcha. Um, yeah. I was wanting to do the opening credits. Um, that's why I woke you like a eager. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, first off, we gotta do a new intro. Because I like the old intro, I just don't know if I want to keep the same like do 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 you know for the whole thing. Um, let me get out of bed and let me get this started. It's third shift thoughts with Joe Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Third Shift Thoughts with Joe Fizz. Uh, today I've got some really interesting topics to go over with you. Um, let me see here, i got uh, how to get deep voice out of my hair for a second. So um, where we're at, um, this episode is going to last us through... The next two weeks, just kind of a little couple shopkeeping things. So it looks like we're going to have our next episode on the week of the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Topic yet, I don't know, mostly because um, I kind of picked the topics last second uh, just to kind of, you know, keep things spicy, I guess is what I want to say. So there's a lot coming up for me. Um, if it's not that week or the following week, please understand because burnout is not cool. It is terrible and I want to prevent it because I want to keep making this show for you guys because it's a lot of fun and it's a good time for me. And also you yourselves need to go out and experience life and, um, check in on yourselves too. So be sure that you're doing that and I'm going to do that, um, over the next couple of weeks. That's why I'm recording today. Um, so yeah. So today's first topic is something I want to give a shout out to my man, uh, Dustin, uh, for he's a cool dude. Um, he threw this topic at me 
when I was a little sleep deprived and it just kind of stuck. Um, I think it's a great topic. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Personally, I don't know a terrible bit about it, but I think I'm going to, I'm kind of understanding what he's talking about. Um, so I'm going to go with it. So today's first topic is Atlantis. So here was my thought process on this. Um, I think that Atlantis itself, you know, the concept of if you haven't heard of Atlantis or if you didn't grow up on the Disney movie, when I was like when I was a kid, there were these series of late 90s, early 1000s movies called Atlantis, where this guy essentially goes in a submarine, um, discovers the lost city of Atlantis, um, you know. There are these human humanoids that live there. Um, I don't want to spoil the movie, movies because there's two. Um, but essentially, he learns a lot about it, um, discovers things about himself. You know, typical Disney tropes and blah blah. blah. So the the question is, is that could these things exist? And I want to say first off that we have to recognize um, <clears throat> a couple of things. The first thing is that there's still parts of the ocean that we haven't discovered. Um, you know. Some some things in legend and lore stem in some kind of truth. Now, whether there is a group of people that have adapted to live <laughs> underneath the water um, in these like biospheres where they can breathe underwater and things like that, I don't know. Um, I know that there eventually will probably be um, a group of individuals that will want to try to do that out of overpopulation purposes, um, kind of like how we're looking to extend into space, kind of how I was talking about um, prior. I think that in this case, you know, we might start looking to live in trees um, more permanently, um, kind of do some kind of biosphere living uh, more so than, you know, what we previously have done in the past. Um, so we have to recognize the fact that the, the depths of the oceans have not been fully, fully understood and discovered yet. So we have to keep that into effect. The second thing is, is that these entities themselves, um, had to have a reason for leaving. So we have to, if we come across them, we have to address those concerns, um, if they're friendly or foe or whatever, but also these beings, these entities have to survive the extreme, extreme pressures of the depths of the ocean. Um, they have, they will also probably have to out survive massive, massive animals such as squid folk, um, and other various, you know, entities and creatures in that right. I think that there's a possibility of somewhere undiscovered, you know, the the possibility of something so advanced, as per the legend says, that it brings world peace. Um, but according to some of the history that I was reading, um, it seems that, you know, Plato was talking about this continent, um, how it ended up being lost, I'm not sure. Um, probably if I dug a little bit deeper, I would find that out. But the concept of Atlantis, you know, being under the water, lost, um, a lot of people have claimed to have found it. You know, me personally, I don't know. I want to say, you know, I'm always open for possibilities, just how I'm open to the possibilities of 
cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, um, things like that. However, you know, if these beings are supposed to live on this lost island, they have to be like supernatural where, you know, they can survive at these amazing depths and are basically like fish people uh, that have evolved um, and adapted or, you know, they're just that good. I don't know. Um, Me personally, I think if we're going to entertain this topic, we need to think of the fact that, you know, they have to live, like I said, they live under the water for immense amounts of time. If they're as smart as the legends claim, you know, they have the ability to bring world peace or whatever um, through their wisdom and kindness. Um, The question is, you know, is it the age old trope of have they not come out of the water yet because they're afraid of, you know, what they see? Is it like a mermaid thing where, you know, kind of like how Ariel was in The Little Mermaid where she's like, okay, I want to be where the people are, but um, they, you know, don't want to come up because if they expose themselves, it'll create this worldwide manhunt. Um, you know, you could rumor that earthquakes are actually the Atlanteans trying to get our attention. You know, I, to me personally, I think that, I think that we could entertain extraterrestrial life first over that. Um, mostly because if they were of Greek origin, you know, they were amazingly smart, uh, to the point where, you know, they're very wise. However, given the time, unless helped by some existential entity, whether it be religious or, you know, extraterrestrial, it's really hard for, you know, Greco-Roman area um, individuals of that time frame to craft entities such as, you know, boats and life domes life support domes and things like that to be able to live under the water. Um, you know, could it be an earthquake eventually along the line caused this city to be lost? I mean, it's true. It's just, we have to entertain the fact that, you know, if, if they are human in nature, uh, earth, earthling human in nature, they would have had to craft things that supersede what we know. So, and we're having a hard time doing that as it is. Um, let alone, um, you know, these, these other entities to live at that depth for that long of a time. You know, having been that long, they could have, you know, done so. Um, this is, I think, one of those thoughts where I'm leaning a little more towards the skeptic side. Uh, I want to, you know, entertain it because it was definitely something I thought about last night. I'm like, man, what, what if that would be so cool? So let's let's flip the coin. I was kind of negative about it. Let's be positive about it. Let's say it say it could be. Say it is. Um, you know, I think the risk of exposure would be the one thing that would hold them back. Either that, or they've just been so used to not dealing with. Um, I'm going to call them <laughs> supra humanoids or like supra meaning just like you know just regular like the. The earth walkers, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I think that they they might not want to risk that. Um, they might not want to risk 
that confidential, you know, mutual relationship that they have going on. I don't really see them wanting to be like, hey, yeah, um, Earth, Earthlings, like, let's, uh, let's talk about this, guys. Um, you know, I, I really don't see that being a possibility. Um, the other reason could be that they just, they're just too freaking smart and they don't, <laughs> they don't want to just be like, ah, uh, you know, we don't need them. You know, they're not beneficial to us. There's nothing that we can gain from them. Um, which is kind of the debate on aliens too. Um, you know, they could be string pullers. I really don't think so. Mostly because they'd have to come up from the ground and then infiltrate, you know, all these different areas. And if they're so smart, they could do that. However, the risk of exposure again is, I would say greater than their desire to do common good. Um, so could it exist? I think it is a very, very possible, possible thing. Um, but it would have to create, it would have to overcome so many natural, um, things such as, you know, water pressure, um, availability of food, um, leaving, you know, their bubble, I guess you could say, on the island and, you know, heading out into the greater unknown. So I guess I'm going to leave that up to y'all. Um, after that, uh, we're going to do the music interlude, I think. So to close it out, I don't know. <laughs> I think that it would be really interesting and Man, if they could bring about world peace, that would be awesome because go world peace. But I think, you know, I think with what Plato, what I was reading a little bit about Plato and how the island just like disappeared. And in addition to that, how, you know, they would have to overcome those natural challenges. I'm going to lean more towards the not possible. With that being said, um, this next topic, I thought about this last night and it gave me chills. So if you have small children, <clears throat> I'm really doing a disclaimer. I know it's silly. Um, <laughs> and I know there wasn't really, you know, what you're probably going to ask, you know, why are you saying there's a disclaimer for this podcast? Because it's family friendly. It's true. It's family friendly. Uh, it's very, you know, open to thoughts and ideas. I just know that kids get scared sometimes about this next topic. Um, and if you yourself suffer from insomnia and things like that, I probably <laughs> wouldn't listen to it. I'm taking a weird spin on sleep. Um, I'm taking a weird spin on it because this is the essence of the podcast. This is something that, you know, I think needs to happen. You know, I think it's it was just a really random thought I had and I'm committed to this podcast. So I'm going to put it in electronic form and see what you guys think. This might be a little bit weird and I understand. That's why I'm putting out this disclaimer because I don't want people to be turned off by the podcast. Um... It's going to be really weird and it might freak you out because it gave me cold chills when I thought about it yesterday. So if you got small kids, you got insomnia, you live alone. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase that. If you got small kids and you have insomnia and you know, you hate being alone at night, you probably don't want to listen to it because it's a little bit off kilter and weird. So with that, we're going to do the music interlude. And then um, we are going to do the next topic, which is sleep. All right, DV. Yeah, Joe. And um, cue up this week's um, music interlude.
Sure, man. I can do that. Great. I'm going to take a fiver. Um, so I'm told that this week's track is called um, Lady Cut Me Off in Traffic. Introducing the music interlude. Song title, A Lady Cut Me Off in Traffic. day on 480 And I was singing to a little Jimmy When all of a sudden I hear a horn And it left me feeling forlorn It's a little Mini Cooper Feeling super It barely misses my rear fender And I couldn't make out the gender of the individual Who was driving With such a near miss I'm Wildin I'm pretty pissed off Miles to top Cause a Lady cut me off In traffic today And I'm not sure What to say Cause a lady Cut me off in traffic today I thought I had the right of way Now I'm not assuming gender the person who almost hit my fender So hey, man Why would you want to almost hit me with you thought was a minivan? Why couldn't you see By motor vehicle rides way was for me And don't you think You could be a human being And not make such a stink You should have left early Hand signals, shout ambiguity. 
and cut me off in traffic today and I'm not sure what to say a man cut me off in traffic today cause I assume I had the right away but hand signals don't tell Unless you're telling me to go to hell Cause that middle finger flies Out your Mini Cooper window to the skies An individual That's what you are Get you all that insurance premium on your car If it's total But it's all that I got I don't wanna be turtled Cause I'm a poor college kid And my next bid Will hopefully be a house but the economy's in the toilet That's what we hear But I can Afford my beer So if you wanna be At fault Then maybe I'll just hit the alt radio station and blare this across the nation cause an individual cut me off in traffic today and I'm not quite sure what to say thank god I got insurance It's an assurance that you Are quite the dumbass With all your sass And need to go back to driving school Cause I don't know who taught you how to drive But if I'm waving my hand Across the dash it means you're cool Proceed through the intersection I'm showing my consent through my direction And there's no need to be a horse's ass I was trying to be kind but you gave me sass right, so this next and final topic is something that I'm just 
it's freaked me out so bad. <laughs> okay, so I just want to preface this with, I'm going to set up a little world building right now. <sighs> okay, so you are, you know, late in the evening. You are sitting on your couch. Your eyelids start to fall. They're heavy. You can feel the weight, but there's nothing there. It's just your exhaustion, and they fall. You catch yourself. You wake up. You look around. You feel startled. You know, you almost fell asleep. The living room door open. Uh, you're watching the television, hearing the nightly news, and you just feel it again, like a feather falling. You start to drift to sleep. And you wake back up again and you realize that you should probably head to bed. This is something that, you know, startles you again. You feel that this existential thing is pulling you deep into the slumber of the sleep. So you get up, you wring your hands, you wash them, you see if there are any other dishes to either put away or wash before you head up your staircase. And you look in the corner of the room and you see... Something move out of the corner of your eye. You're not sure what it is. You think it's just a trick, an imagination, uh, superlative. You feel that you are just slowly drifting to sleep. Your mind is starting to wander. You're slipping into the dreamscape while standing up. You close the basement door because it's freaky. You don't want anything to come up the stair. You lock the doors, you shut the windows, you turn on your air conditioning if you so have it or your box fan to help you drift into the slumber. And as you do so, you lay in bed and you close your eyes. You start to have a dream. You start to engage in sleep. Now for most of us who are hardworking individuals or just energetic youth, anything in that nature. Typically what happens is, is that we stay in a sleep cycle, mostly what's called REM. A couple cycles of REM, we wake up feeling refreshed, not so refreshed, needing a cup of coffee, however you will. So what ends up happening is, is that you just wake up and go about your day. But there's something I want to address about this, something that doesn't make sense. Something that I've always wondered about that has never been really told. The monster under your bed, that innate fear that you have as a child, where does that come from? An urban legend? Sure, a cousin, a brother, a sister probably hit under your bed at one point, grabbed your ankle, freaked you out. But why is there such a fear to keep both feet on the floor? Some of you who may be familiar with Doctor Who and its lore recall an episode called listen professional hide and seekers um and various other individuals such as you know the silence who are able to cloak themselves and make people forget i want to address these right now and say this isn't that um it's kind of a combination of the two but it goes stems off of this lore um, that we have had for a long time so let's surmise that we are in this situation where, you know, both of our feet, as mine are right now, are on the floor. There's a little gap underneath the bed. We're fear. We have fear of someone reaching out and going, grabbing our ankle. Why is this? Here's the big brain idea that you should probably, if you have any last inclinations about this, to turn off now. What if there is something 
that controls our sleep. Now hear me out. We, th- we always hear these tales about the men in black. We hear about them uh, doing things that, you know, are for the greater good. You know, aliens stopping things from happening. Um, you know, if you're per the traditional MIB movie sense with Will Smith, there are also nefarious MIB. There are people that, you know, do things, you know, shut people up if they're wanting to speak the truth about an alien abduction, something freaky happening. What if it's an agency like that? What if there is a group of individuals just out there? We're so used to them. As children, we were terrified of them because we saw them. But our parents dismissed it. It wasn't there. A big brother, a big sister, a guardian, whoever. Somebody said, it's not there. Go to sleep. But they've known it all along too. They have experienced it, but they, they can't remember Because whatever this agency is, whatever this entity is that drifts us off to sleep has done it so well for so long that we don't even know. It's out of the corner of your eye, that quick flashing movement, just seeing the door. You thought you saw something move, but it wasn't. It was, there's no way. There's, there's no possibility. It's not in rational thought, but it was there. Your innate primal fear that tells you that there was something there. There was something that moved. You thought you saw something. You thought that you saw something following you. What if it's there? What if it is so good at what it does? It has been so inept into this conversation that it doesn't even face the, the world. It's just done it for years. There are many of them, many of them moving, many of them hiding, many of them cloaking themselves so well. And crafting your dreams. Now, for me... I would love to picture dreams as that scene in Harry Potter where if, of course, there are people who probably haven't seen Harry Potter. So, you know, the students are sleeping in the, in the great hall and Dumbledore comes over above um, Harry as Harry's trying to pretend to sleep. Dumbledore says, you know, the quotes about, you know, there are dream, in dreams we enter a, rea- a reality that is entirely our own. And he's talking about how, you know, that works. But, and there's, like a celestial body over the uh, great hall, you know, cause the ceiling changes per the weather and stuff like that. It's a clear sky. There are millions and millions of stars up there, each one blinking, each one doing its own thing. That's kind of what I've always thought is the dreamscape to be is that, you know, there are millions of us that are asleep at any given point of the day and our own dreams and entities are those stars where they're just illuminating. And when we wake up, they fade out. They pop back in, et cetera. You know, this, this thing happens. But what if this thing, what if there's so many of them, the them or whatever you want to call it, what if they are so good at what they do and they know all these stars that they're individually assigned to everyone? It could tie into this Atlantis trope that we were talking about earlier, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we have been so used to it. We've been so used to the fact that in our own innate nature, we know that there are things on the food chain that could take us out. What if it's these things? What if it's these entities? What if it's, what if that's why we're always afraid to walk alone at night to those chills that we get up our spine, the, the goosebumps, the things that make us wonder. What if that's them getting too close to exposing themselves? What if it's there? The minute that you realize that your back is turned you're not to a wall 
You have that innate primal fear that there's something going to tap your shoulder. I'm not the only one that several times um, has, you know, woken up to realize that I felt like I was being watched. My feet, when I was a kid, I remember one time they were just, they dropped. I had my feet essentially in like a reverse plank, like a leg lift where they were off the ground um, and they dropped. You know, maybe that was just me having a dream. It could have been to them. I don't know. I don't know if it could have been to them. But thinking about it and recognizing it and seeing just how interesting of a concept that would be. If there, if that is where all of our primal fear comes from about, you know, <clears throat> not being the top of the food chain like we think we are. That there is something even greater that just lives here. You know, that just walks around aimlessly. That has been here for centuries. That has encapsulated us like where we have sent our dreams like a dream weaver essentially but there are many of them or it could be one you know that's split up into several several different entities i don't know i'm just entertaining the notion that what if this thing that we have always feared what if this primal nature that we have where we don't want to be alone at night where we think about these things they're like a night craftsman they're just in the corner of our rooms, the things we don't want to look at, the closets we don't want to open, the doors that we just get a weird vibe in. What if it's these things crafting our dreams, crafting our sleep, molding it, shaping it, making it so that they do a good job? Now then comes in the question I know some of you skeptics and you know people are going to say, well, why... Why entertain such a thought? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, what's the goal for them? Like, why are they doing it? They could feed off the dreams. Like a dream catcher that is supposed to suck it out. Maybe the dream catchers are symbols of this concept of defeating them or maybe keeping them in. I don't know. But there's something about that concept that just boggles my mind. You know, we, for years, you know, we're... As kids, you know, we're initially scared of being alone in our rooms. Why? You know, fear of being alone, possibly. Fear of separation from the parental units, absolutely. Maybe. But what if it's the thing that's underneath your bed? Or you thought was underneath your bed? That over the years you've just dismissed as being another occurrence of frivolous, youthful thoughts. Or what if... It's the thing controlling your dreams. What you thought you saw out of the corner of your eye was an entity. A kind of dream guardian, if you will. Something that is putting your mind out there. Who knows? Who knows? But I think, you know, as it, it would explain the random cold chills you get, when thinking about this, it, it would explain the fear that you've always had underneath your bed. It would explain why as a kid you didn't want to be left alone in the room. And over time, we, as adults, we're just so used to it, we just let it go. Dismiss it as some frivolous thing. But what if the creak on your stairs wasn't just a creak on the stairs? What if the random occurrence where you had a door just open in the middle of the night when you knew you shut the door? The random knock that you thought you heard in the middle of the wilderness somewhere. What if that is them? And what if they're just 
I've always been here. Crafting and weaving your dreams. The dreams we thought we were, were living entirely of our own are crafted by something else that stands over you while you sleep. Who knows? All right, guys. So um, I'm coming back to uh, at the close of this episode to say thank you so much. Thank you so, so much um, for all of this amazing, amazing response that I've heard about the podcast. It's quite awesome. Um, I'm not going to do like a musical end this week. I'm like I said, I'm kind of burnt out. Um, Hopefully this episode wasn't too kooky for you. Uh, Hopefully you want to stick with it. I saw today that just through Google and iTunes alone, I have 55 subscribers, which is amazing. Um, And then on YouTube and Spotify, I need to look up those numbers too to kind of see where that's at. But I just want to say thank you guys so much for the show, uh, for expressing interest in the show, for wanting me to continue with the show. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. It's something that I look forward to doing each week, uh, creating topics and actually getting to do the podcast is so, so much fun. Um, But I just wanted to say at the close of this, um, again, hopefully this wasn't too crazy for you. Um, Hopefully that you can actually get some sleep later. Um, Maybe, you know, it's something that you'll tell your friends about and be like, man, that guy's weird. Please, please like, share, and comment. Um, if you can leave a rating on Google play and, uh, iTunes, if possible, that would seriously help me out. I would really love to take this podcast into a live show at some point. Um, I don't know if it'll actually happen, um, because it's kind of a a very large endeavor to have, but I would love to do kind of like a tour like that. Um, but I can't do that stuff without you guys promoting it, um, I can do some promotion stuff on my end, but I really don't know um, if it's worth it. Um, I've heard a lot of podcasts usually start with word of mouth. So if you could please like, share, and comment, um, tell somebody you know who's in a podcast, because if you just tell one person, they might tell other people and it just might ping pong off of there. Um, I know that some of you who listen to Graymore, um, it didn't really get the response that I thought it would, um, but that's okay because not a lot of people are into that kind of stuff. But people are seeming to really like this and um, this kind of momentum I want to keep going. So if you guys could like, share, and comment, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, And in closing, um, I'm going to throw out a random thought and a song as I always do. Um, One more final random thought. Being tall sucks, not because, you know, of the typical stuff like, oh, he's cramped in a tiny car or, oh, you know, movie theaters and concert halls. You ever hit your head? on a door frame, I have. It's not fun. And for the song this week, um, the one that I would really recommend for you is, um, ah, heck, let's go with Sunday Driver by The Raconteurs. Uh, if you look up Sunday Driver, uh, it should just pop up as a song. Um, the Raconteurs, because this is Jack White, Patrick uh, Keeler, Little Jack Lawrence, and Brendan Benson recently put out Help a Stranger. Fantastic, fantastic album. Uh, would really, really recommend it um, if you're into rock and roll. Uh, next week, I'll throw out a, kind of a low-key song. And if you're not really into rock and roll, 
Um, I'd go ahead and pick up a Swayze song. Uh, I think it's just called Living in Los Angeles. Let me see. I know I should have prepped this sooner. I'm sorry. I just kind of thought of it at the last second. It is called Lazy Days by Swayze and Cisco Adler off the album Swayze. So <clears throat> look into that. And um, yeah, so we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, Big Preach. That was a shout out to Jordan, my friend Jordan, uh, using one of his sayings, uh, Big Preach. Um, spread love, be kind, and think deep. As always, my name is Joe Fizz, and we will see you on the flip side.